Hello, hello, this is Mr. Authentic 838, and we're back with another episode of the Unpacking Podcast. And I first off want to apologize for that last episode. When we started, we started off pretty crunk. So please turn your volume down because it came on a little loud. But, you know, I do want to apologize for that. But moving forward, we have a new guest, my main man, Shamara. And it's, how y'all doing? What's going on? All right, all right. How are you doing, my man? Everything's good? Oh, yeah. So far, pretty good. No complaints. All right. Tell us a little bit about yourself, sir. Oh, well, what is that start? I mean, I'm pretty much the the classic introvert who tries his best to do the right thing <laughs> as far as from a personal standpoint. Strong right. believer in honesty and character, hard worker, you know, the, the usual stuff. Nothing uh, flamboyant about me, just... The old stay out the way, go get them type. Hey, that's how it's supposed to be. That's that's what we like. We like the straightforward go getting type on here, man. So, with that being said, we're gonna jump in right on into the topic. And today's topic is toxic working environments. Yes, how do you navigate the toxic working environment? And I'm pretty sure everybody has a toxic working environment. And it sucks because it just really brings the morale of work down, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's like, true. Like, even at my job, like, I, common sense ain't common. And you would think because I'm a vendor, I'm and I'm I'm a vendor, straight up. We put stuff on the shelf. We, we merchandise our product. And as easy as it may sound, you just put the product on the shelf. Like, and there's tags that tell you where it goes you still get people to put it in the wrong place. Like, I right. sometimes I feel like people do stuff like this on purpose. But they really do work like this. You, we can't make this stuff up. Like, I'm going to I'm going to create a segment of the vendor world. And every week I'm going to start telling you guys, like, the craziness that go on in my job. Like, you would be surprised... <laughs> The stuff that goes on and the stuff that people do, it will baffle you. And we're in everything, I swear on everything will be absolutely true. <laughs> it is it's 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 uncanny. So, Shamar, when you hear the working the toxic working environment, like toxic working environment is basically like because I mean you're not gonna get, be able to get away from it because it's at every single job. It's just some that are worse and some that's all right or manageable. I feel like mine is just really one person, but it's kind of manageable or whatever. I mean. But it definitely makes it where you don't even want it. Uh, it just grinds your gears because it's the same stuff over and over again. You know? And it, even with me and I work by myself, the fact that I still have people to go in my stores behind me just makes my job that much harder. Man, well, I, I, you know, there's been a bunch of studies over the years that have been that, that have uh, tried to find an answer to toxicity in the workplace. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, having been at the bottom, working way at the top, in uh, the workforce being both the worker and the manager at some point in time 
you really can't pinpoint a particular area in my opinion but you can generalize it and to me it starts somewhere around the mid to high management right uh, it's it's about the leadership <laughs> if the leadership doesn't stay on point with what makes the job hard whether it be issues with equipment or people in general or what have you um, then toxicity becomes at an all-time high and, and then that leads me to another point it isn't about really getting rid of toxicity uh, it's more along the lines of management Man. as you said it, it's not going to go away it's not going to go away. So the goal is to try to keep it as low as possible. Uh, because to me, toxicity centers around personalities more than anything else. Oh, yeah. Who are you working with? How are you working with them? You know, we all have different personalities. You have people who, who think they are this and that. People who've been there longer than others and want this. And so many different things are happening. But if the management from the top to the bottom doesn't do anything about it then you have toxicity that just i mean it, it, it goes to the roof and it be, there becomes a real problem right. and then if you even if you have good management even if you have people who want a good working environment for their employees then are you still going to have an issue here or there so again it's not really about getting rid of it to zero percent it's about doing it's about management doing their absolute best to keep it as low as possible minimization 100 percent. Oh yeah minimizing it yeah. as much as possible yeah. because like uh uh was rerouted okay my bad that was my i've been sitting at work this whole time for about an hour waiting on a truck that got rerouted for tomorrow so well, boom. So it looks like I'm done for the day. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> I've been literally for the last two hours just been sitting on the clock waiting on a delivery to show up and it doesn't show up. So uh, I'm done for the day. I'm, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm happy about it. So like what kind of what kind of work toxicity stuff you deal with, you know, at your job? Well, uh, well, it can be considered a former job now. Um, I had gotten hired recently at this distribution center mm -hmm. um, just to kind of do some things to kind of help pad the finances with the intent of, you know, basically just working it, going home, you know, doing the normal. Right. It paid well, the work was physical, but it was, uh, I thought it would have been worth it. Well, uh, when I went to the interview, the guy told me the usual things. We're going to do a background check. We're going to do a drug screen. We're going to take care of everything, so on and so forth like that. And I told him, well, nothing's really clear on my background. So if you don't mind, uh, I would like to wait until the background clears until uh, you put me on the floor. Yeah. You know? And he's like, man, that's not going to be a problem. We'll, uh, we'll make sure everything is good before you even step foot into the door i'm like great uh sometime later and i, I found out that the that the uh, man actually ended up quitting and there's the the interviewer uh the new manager knew nothing about me right um uh, but and the 
new supervisor, uh, the second shift supervisor, the one I was working with. He had texted me later saying, asking me if I was still interested in the job. It was about two weeks. Right. So I texted back saying, yeah, I'm still interested. Um, did the drugs test and background check clear? I was told it did. So I'm going in happy that I'm finally going to uh, be able to do some things that I hadn't been able to do in a little while. You know, business outside of the workforce hadn't been really all that good. So it was it was time to try to get some things in order before um, the season came back in place. Right. I get there, uh, worked two solid weeks because um, I had to put a week, I had to put a week in the hole. Right. And when payday came around, I didn't have a check. Oh no, hell no! I uh, yeah, <laughs> I did not have a check, and I'm like, what happened? Right, you know. And the site manager, not the supervisor, brought me in. The site manager, the man over the entire plant, he says, "Well, for some reason, you're not in the system." I'm right. like, "Well, how are you recognizing that I'm here, and how am how is everybody else recognizing I'm here, and I have all these hours, but I'm not getting paid?" Right, you know. So you know, let me send some emails, so on and so forth, and sure enough. The powers that be at the very top put in a new system that doesn't allow for workers or intended workers to be in the system if their background check had not yet cleared. Right. Regardless of whether or not you had anything in it, the background check doesn't clear, you don't get in the system. You don't get in the system. They can't give you your pay card. They can't give you your employer ID, which is required. They can't do anything with you. And he did not know that I was not in the system yet. He just automatically assumed that I was. So, yeah. So I'm like, okay, what's going to happen? He's like, well, we got to make sure your background check clears. And in the meantime, because I'm officially not supposed to be there, I'm not. I'm not allowed to come back to work. He styled it something different. You know, I need you to stay home until we get this taken care of because I don't want you to, you know, feel like you got to come to work knowing that there's a possibility it might be a little longer before you get paid. And I'm like, how long does this take? Right. Now, I don't know their system at all, but apparently it takes about three weeks to a month before the background check comes. Oh, that's some bullshit. And they don't have that kind of time when it comes to people. So, needing people to come work. So, they get you on the floor in hopes that your background check clears. If it does clear, great, which the majority of the people do. If it doesn't clear uh, like they wanted to, like in my case, then I get held up in the system until it clears, and in the meantime, I don't see a check. So they're hoping that I'm patient enough to stay there and work until my background check clears. Yeah, but that's, but you ain't getting no check. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now here's the thing. I looked up. I looked up the um, the laws regarding pay here in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, and the latest they can pay you, uh, or as far as a schedule payment, is thirty days. So right. you see some people who are paid once a month or every thirty days. Right. Um, there is nothing in there that I that I saw just yet that requires them to stick to what they have on their policies. If you are if they promise you pay every week or every two weeks or something like that. I I haven't seen that yet. But at the latest they can hold your money is 30 days from the day that uh, uh, you start. 
Okay, if you are officially terminated, they have up to six days from the date you are terminated to get you your money. Right. If you are, if you quit, then they have up to the uh, next nearest payday, which means that if you get paid every two weeks, but you quit, essentially, it gives them it gives the business time to get the money to you instead of having to go outside of their checks and balances to get you your check. That gives them time to get the money to you on their payday so they can do everything in a batch. Right. So you may quit on day one, but their payday is until, until day 14, so they can wait all the way up to day 14 before they pay you. Right. Uh, if you if you, if you you quit or resign. Okay, I was looking at all these because here I am, almost a month later, still hadn't seen any money yet. Hell no. Yeah, still not have seen any money yet. And then... They said that my background wasn't what they wanted. So, as of Friday last week, I was officially terminated because even though there's nothing there that warrants the situation as far as their their, their, their type of job, the type of job I was doing, there was nothing there at all. Okay. Essentially, what happened was that because I created some noise about it, they're telling me, well, your background check didn't come through, so the way that they wanted it. I'm like, what do you mean the way that they wanted it? Either it's clear or it's not clear. Well, they're telling me that it's not what they want. What do you want from me? That's the question that wasn't answered. Right. And the site manager, he's like, man, I'm just stuck. I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I operate the site. I don't do HR. I don't do payroll. I couldn't tell you. All I can do is relay to you what they're telling me. Right. You know, and then the problem was that I was, you promised me weekly pay. All yeah. I had to do was put a week in the hole, and then from that point forward, I would be paid every week for the hours I did the week before. Right. Or I complete the week before. Here it is, two weeks later, and you have not paid me for my first week. Right. Okay, and now here it is, you know, of course, I'm long since gone, because even if I had not have been terminated, uh, I would have quit anyways. You know, you don't you don't do that to people. You don't. Right. You don't. Yeah. Uh, you you don't wait until uh, to see if they're going to be patient enough to work three weeks to a month before they see a check for one week. That's the kicker. Yeah, that's You're crazy. Your, yeah. So I mean, it's all about the need for people, and I, I'm not for sure what the percentage rate is in terms of how many people come through that do pass versus who don't pass or don't meet whatever criteria they have. Um, from my understanding, uh, I talked to someone else about it. You can, aside a criminal background, a bad drug test, you can also uh, not pass a background check via bad credit. Right. You know, and from my understanding, that's the only thing that could have, uh, that could have uh, disqualified me for this job which is weird for a distribution center. Right. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to fight it because I didn't want to go back there anyways. I, right. I did intend on talking with TWC by the end of today to see what I can do about getting my pay faster because I'm working on uh, week four now. Right, yeah, because you did do the work, so you should get paid for the time that you did go there. Right. You know? I, have two weeks, I have two weeks worth of pay that I have not yet seen yet. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Like, I ain't never heard no one that actually puts you to work before the drug, the background check comes back 
and on a hope and a prayer that, oh, well, if you pass, well, you know, boom, you get your check. But if not, then that's just the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Right. And it's not common practice from my understanding. No. Usually you have. And then on top of that, what who are they going through to take for this to take this long? Generally, right. on a background check, you're looking at three to five days max. Right. Because generally, most companies are looking for a specific fee. So, like, no, he doesn't have this. Or, no, it doesn't go back that far, you know, so whatever. And they're like, okay, cool, hire men. Because if you need people, then you're going to find the best uh, or the fastest company, the most comprehensive company you can find out there that's going to do a background check if you choose to take background checks outside of human resources and most companies are doing that these days right they're hiring third parties to take care of it so i'm i'm sitting here sitting here stuck thinking that i'm in the routine for the uh it was mostly seasonal anyways i was going to to work till probably i would say june july before things on on the business end picks up okay so uh but it the toxic, the toxic part of it is at the very starts at the very top. Right. One, you have employees who did stay. Their background check was just good enough to stay, but they waited three weeks, one waited a month before he got paid his first week's check. What? He didn't. He didn't get all four or however many weeks he worked, he got his first week only. And then, from what I was told, he, oh, from what he told me, they realized that they had made the mistake of only paying him for one week. But instead of giving him everything else, they paid him, if I'm correct, they paid him uh, what he was owed a little bit at a time over the next few checks or something of that nature. This is the most jankiest business ever. Well, I'm telling you, I did my research. I I don't know nothing about payroll. I don't know what they can and can't do as far as laws are concerned. All I know is is this. First off, they're not rated well on the BBB. Right. Okay. Um, I know they didn't go for a, uh, as far as it looks like it, they didn't go for a rating. They didn't apply uh, with the BBB. Um, But those that, um, did send any complaints into the BBB um, this from the consumer side of things showed how bad they were at delivering service that's the first thing and then I applied through Indeed uh, which I left my own review by the way it's waiting to be published Um, and the average star rating on a five star rating is two in terms of work environment in terms of management and the issue is management it right. is management. That I can see that the management on site has their hands tied. The site manager and the and the supervisor that I worked with, those guys were great guys. Right. They did everything they could. They still contacted me to try to, you know, give give me updates on on my, on my pay. They're doing everything they can. In fact, they did everything they could to try to keep me. Right. You're a good worker, man. We need hard workers. We we have a hard time keeping them. I heard all that stuff. You know, I mean, I we I would love to keep you, but HR wouldn't let me. Right. Uh, it's it's at the top it's at the top uh, and i believe that's where the toxicity starts and ultimately ends it's when the top people quit being high horse you know high, have that high horse high, high mind mentality thinking 
and relying on these reports and numbers that they see on paper and actually go to the sites that they or site or you know however many sites that they have or speak directly to your lower level management speak to your employees if necessary get in there and get your hands dirty yourself right and see what they're dealing with you know right. uh, that would have saved me the trouble they may not have hired me at all if it didn't meet their criteria. That's fine. Don't do what they did to me and a couple of other people. And because I got hung up in the system or I'm not in there yet, make me work two or three weeks before you tell me that hey, you can't pay me until I get put in the system. And they get free labor. Budget. Right. Essentially, that's what it amounts to to me. Right. Free, they found some labor. way to get free labor, and that's the what that's what I was trying to determine is is this practice not only common, and if it is, is it legal? Right. It's definitely toxic. You're bringing people in there who are desperate. Most people looking for work don't have savings. They right. don't have some kind of money that they can cushion them while they're waiting for the first check. Oh no, that's right. So if they come in and you're saying, "I'm paying you next week for this week's work." They're planning behind that. Right. They're planning something. Most of the time it's to catch up on something. Mm-hmm. And when they don't see it, you have a lot of angry people. And so I'm, even if it is legal, it's definitely unethical. For sure. And that's the biggest makes sense. Yeah. And that's the biggest part of, of, of a toxic relationship. Usually it's legal or a business relationship that's toxic. Uh, usually it's legal, but highly unethical. Highly unethical. Right. You know, because here, here you are, uh, even if uh, you have these people who are hanging on to the job because they don't feel like having to start over and looking for something else. They're already in. They're already in the process. You know, and you, you know how tough it is when you leave a job uh, and you start looking for another one. The interview, yeah. pro- the application, the interview process. To, oh, no, we don't need you. Oh, well, that's, you know, and how long it could be before you see your first paycheck. Right. Yep. You know, so it, it was not it was not a good spot. Um, I, I don't believe in getting angry uh, over the matter because it's not going to bring my check any sooner. Right. Uh, but I do believe in being smart about it in terms of what you can and can't do to ensure that the next person doesn't have to deal with it. I know that's you know? right for sure. And to call them, and you know, yeah, to call them to uh, um, Look accountability on it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so the, my next step is my next step is the uh, Texas Workforce Commission uh, yeah. to see what I can do about it, uh, making sure that number one, checking to see if this practice is legal, and two, at the very minimum, uh, having them look into it because this is just, it just isn't right. It just doesn't feel right at all. It doesn't care sound right. Working. Yeah, care less yeah. about going back there to work. Yeah, it you definitely. Know, if your doesn't policy sound doesn't right. allow me, huh? I say, yeah, I agree. It definitely doesn't sound right. It doesn't. It doesn't sound right at all. And I mean, if the policy, even I could care again, I could care less about them asking or not hiring me. That that was irrelevant. I've already since leaving. I've already found another job. I'm just waiting on the equipment and whatnot to come in so I can get started in training. Finding a job. It, it isn't right now. The market belongs to the employee. Right. So finding a job is not hard. Right. The issue is finding. The issue here is what is right, and the way that this company is treating its employees currently is not right. Especially those whose past may be a little bit checkered. 
right. Ethically, yeah. it's it's not right, you know. And I feel yeah. like you know, yeah. they definitely blow the whistle on that for sure. Because if they're right. doing you like that, I'm pretty sure they've been doing other people the exact same way. Oh, indeed, whatever. indeed. And if, uh, the, the team leader, uh, she told me several times. You know, I, I mean, because I I remember mentioning it to her. I hadn't got paid yet, and that look on her face, she kind of shook her head like, "Oh, here we go again," right. kind of thing. And I remember her sp- specifically saying to me, "Well, I hope that they get this fixed. You know, this is this. We've lost too many good employees like this." Right. I'm still like, "You lost too many employees like this? How often does this happen?" Obviously, a lot. You know? Yeah. Yeah, toxicity again. Toxicity to me begins with management, leadership. Uh, you can man, you can easily reduce to- toxic a toxic work environment amongst the employees to near zero. Right. What well, you, your peers are, by comparison, virtually uh, um, nothing in regards to. Uh, what they what says and what goes in terms of what's going to be toxic and what's not going to be toxic. Yeah, you're going to have bad um, co-workers. You're going to have the lazy ones. You're going to have the ones that always complain, uh, those types. But on the whole, generally, you have a decent uh, work environment. It becomes toxic, in my opinion, when you have management that... Uh, I'll, I'll say it like this. Your leadership ultimately projects what type of atmosphere that's going to be in the environment right as a whole you know from the uh-huh. go ahead go finish what you're saying well from from the bottom up especially your your lower level management mm-hmm. your first your team leaders your first line supervisors those type of people those are the ones who create the uh the environment around you because those are the ones you're going to interact with uh, the most. Yep. Okay. The first line that has any kind of decision making abilities, any kind of executive privileges, all the ones set the initial uh, atmosphere in the area. However, they're only a reflection of the superiors above them. Yep. You know, I've, I've been there as a manager. I've been there as as a worker, and it, it's not easy. Uh, especially first line management. First line management, they deal with a lot. It's not easy to maintain a positive um, mentality when you have pressure coming from both ways. Yeah, that's so true. If I want to say anything to you, mid level managers, I understand you when you're dealing with schedule, you're dealing with angry employees who are angry at other employees, or their payroll is not going right, or something's just something's not right, and then you're dealing with the demands of. Uh, your supervisors and managers above you, right? Meeting goals and making sure that certain reports are set in and whatnot. Uh, they are. They're a reflection of. They're a reflection of what's going on from the top. If their attitude and their character changes because of the pressure from the top, then they're going to create a negative atmosphere at the bottom. One hundred percent. I've learned. I've learned that the hard way. I've learned right. that the hard way. I just, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't let any pressure from the top dictate how I lead. Uh, but it can't happen. It right. can't happen. I can say that about the site manager that I've dealt with here at least recently too, in, in regards to this current employment. He's right. never let the top dictate how he how he does things. He's been a good man the entire way. Right. Um, toxicity is 
very much centered around the person who makes the decisions in the workforce, no matter how what level they are. And if their decision making is dictated by their negative thinking, then that negative thinking leads to a negative atmosphere. And guess what? When you walk into a negative atmosphere, it is hard to be positive. Oh, one hundred percent. It definitely spreads like wildfire. It does. I think my it biggest. Does. I think my biggest aggravation at my the toxicity in my job is that my and like you said it starts at the top because mm-hmm. man you know our our issue starts with our lead like dude he's just he's a hot mess right. and his hot mess just makes it very difficult for everybody else that works underneath him because right. he's lazy he doesn't do what he's supposed to do he doesn't show up on time he just does whatever he wants to and then you then when you get and then, you know, like with me, I'm used to how he works. So I don't really, you know, as long as he ain't bothering me, I don't care. So I just rather leave him uh-huh. be. Just leave me alone and let me work. You know what I mean? But after a while, when you're working and then you're constantly working behind the same person that's constantly giving you more work to do. And because he, he's not doing, we're having to pick up the load behind the stuff that he's not taking care of. You know, then you get frustrated. You get, you know, you feel some type of way after a while. And then you voice your opinion about it to your lead or now to your supervisor who's above him, and he's like, oh, "I'll talk to him or whatever." But we still have the same current issues going on. You know what right. I mean? So it's like saying something to him is not going to get anything done or whatever. Now you're forced to have to go over his head, and then a lot nobody ever wants to shoot the gun first, you know, mm-hmm. because it's like, "Ah, oh, man, we're not trying to get this dude in trouble, but damn, <laughs> you're pretty much tying our hands at this point." And then once right. we, once we one of us go up above his head and start saying something, you start making some noise. Then, oh man, well why didn't y'all say anything? Like, dude, we've been saying anything. We've been having the same current problems over and over and over again, and there ain't not we ain't got no results on that. You know what I mean? Right. So now right. we have to go above your head and beyond and whatever the case is. And at where I'm at currently, I'm about that point. I'm at that point where I'm about to go over my boss's head and have a conversation with somebody because it's just it's going in one ear and out the other you know what I mean and it's very frustrating and whatever and right. see I like to work you know me I like to do 110% all the time maximum effort and whatever but I hate having to clean up behind a grown man you know and you're supposed to be my superior I think that's what grinds my gears the most about it you know what I mean and then he's training new people and he's training them to be sorry like him. They pick up these habits and then he backdoors and throws them under the bus. <laughs> you showed them how to work like this. And you throw them under the bus like, no, nah, that's not cool. There's no way if I was a lead, there's no way I would train somebody and then throw that same person that I showed how to do it this way under the bus. Because then that just makes me look bad. Well, a toxic work environment has so many different different pieces to it yeah it starts at the top but you also when you get to the middle of all this you get to um dealing with those you deal with on a day-to-day basis one of the things that and you just said it perfectly is proper training right okay there are policies set in place that the company has that every employee should know and the lead should be responsible for ensuring that he trains them the right way Right. Okay. So, what is he going to do if they screw up? He's going to protect his job. Right. If he's not, if if he's not training them the way he's supposed to train them. 
Mm-hmm. Now, he could easily say, you know, I've done what I'm supposed to do. I've trained them correctly. I can prove that I've trained them correctly and go from there. But honestly, we know he has not. Right. So there's there's that. And then uh, you have those people. And I don't know nothing about your league, but I've had leads who have brought home to work. Right. Those that mess from home, uh, them problems from home, right. things that are going on there, they brought it to work. And their attitude reflects it, uh, or even some of their actions, like standing on the phone constantly, uh, or, you know, with the wife or the husband or the kids or something like that. Um, uh, consistently being, um, you know, having, being late or leaving early because of something going on at home. Yeah. But most of the time, it's, it, most of the time, it's an attitude that they bring with them. They've yeah. had an argument with a significant other and they brought that, they brought that negativity with them. That kind of thing, or and I, this is debatable. But I'm not a big, I'm not big on making friends with those at work. Yes. I'm not big with, I'm not big with going out for beer and and drinking or uh, dinner or anything like that. Company parties, you know, company level picnics, things like that. Events, different story. You know, right. team building activities, different story. Right, but. I tend to stay away from most everybody in terms of uh, outside of the workplace uh, because I don't want I don't want to lose any level of professionalism among two, especially if I'm in a managerial position, a leadership position. I've been there before when I worked in Dallas. Uh, I was friends. A friend of mine got me on with that job. Right. And uh, two years later, I'm promoted to supervisor I've been best friends with this individual really for quite some time and he pretty much expected me to you know play favorites with him I was going to give him the best jobs I was going to give him the best truck I was going to do anything and everything and I didn't I'm I'm, I'm a believer in fairness and whatever is available whatever is necessary that's what I give okay and it created a problem there for a little bit right it really did uh, and if I hadn't held my guns, he would have not respected me. And this is something I learned, too. If you do play favorites and then you quit playing favorites, big no-no. Oh, you're man, going, I feel some type of way. You're going, yeah, making feel some Why are you suddenly changing up kind of thing? And then, but if you do play, if you do play fair from the get-go, especially if you're in leadership, at the beginning, it can be messy. It can feel like there, there's going to be some tension, but ultimately, I believe you're you're going to be respected. Now, does that mean that he's going to want to have a beer with you after work? No, but he will. He or she will respect you. Uh, but from that situation, I learned that it is not good to create any friendships, especially if you intend to uh, if you intend to make it a career, uh, go up the corporate ladder. It is not too. It's not good to make friends in the, in the workplace, and you end up dealing with some kind of um, what's, the, what's the phrase? When you get to a certain position, or they get to a certain position of influence, conflict of interest. Oh uh, yeah, a, definitely a conflict of interest. One hundred percent. There becomes conflicts of interest. You know, again, that's debatable. That's just the route I choose to take. Um, I agree. But but in ten, in terms of just general. Uh, toxicity when you have team leader 
you know, probably the lowest level form, lowest level position of management that one can get. Um, but it's still a level of decision making. It's still a level of executive privilege, if you will. And when you have people like the one you're referring to show themselves lazy, good for nothing. Uh, you know, I don't know where his character is, but if he's if his work ethic is lazy, then everything else is more likely not going to be all that good. Man, I feel like if you don't brush your teeth in the morning, you ain't, and you say you forget to brush your teeth in the morning and whatever every day. I just feel like your breath is always going to stink. Yeah, because I just feel like you don't, you just that's not something you just put in the ro- in the rotation or whatever. Yeah, you know, because that's exactly. something you should do every day. You should have been doing it for every day. You should have been doing it right. from. You know, since you were young, that should be the habit. Right. So, if you forget to brush your teeth in the morning, then you just ain't been brushing your teeth. You ain't just forgot right. that. That's something you should have been doing since day one. Now, that's probably a bad analogy or a bad, you know, where, you know, putting it together. But I'm just saying, using it as an example that, you know, sometimes, you know, I pay attention to your characteristics. Your characteristics is what's going to show me exactly who you are and how you work. And I know right. how this dude works like better than he did. You know, mm-hmm. you know and it, it's just, I don't know. It's just very frustrating. And I mean, sometimes when you navigate through toxic, uh, toxic work environments, you know, it's all, everyone says it's easier to just take the high road. You always want to be the type of person to always take the high road and which is true. But in sometimes, you know, taking out high road gets very frustrating at times because it's just the same thing in the same cycle over and over again. You know, and the, the question is, what is the high road? Okay, toxicity began. Well, let me put it this way: uh, training is the mother of automation. Right. Okay. Y- y- even though you, you you chose a particularly odd example, I would not forget to brush my teeth if I've been doing it all my life. That's I've right. That's what I'm saying. You up, trained yourself. I've to trained do myself it. to get up and do it. That, and when you do it enough, it becomes automatic. Your right. brain triggers yourself to go do it. Simple as that. Making your bed, uh, making your coffee in the morning, whatever your daily r- ritual is, you've trained yourself to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Only when you get good at what you've been trained to do can you actually train somebody else well and do it. So, right. if he hasn't trained well, then he hasn't been trained well. Right. And that's where, in terms of, you know, because we're speaking specifically about the workplace. Right. That's where one of the places of toxic, uh, one of the places of a toxic work environment begins is the lack. It, it, me, to me, is the very centerpiece. Yeah. Is the inability or unwillingness to do the job right. And correctly. Because yeah. that's what it boils down to. We're all here to do a job right. We do it right. We all get paid. It, it, it could be a bad day, but if we all try to do it right, we go home knowing that we tried to do the job right. So if you have anybody from the top to the bottom not doing the job right, then there's going to be problems. Right. That's the very centerpiece. It's almost like a, you, you know how, I don't know, uh, this is probably not so this might be a little bit of a gross <laughs> example, but most people know how a pimple develops, a blackhead. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to have some kind of dirt get into the uh, skin, up under a pore, and guess what? doesn't get cleaned out. Right. Eventually, other matter starts developing around it. Mm-hmm. 
at the very center of this this pimple is that core so it doesn't matter what you get out but if that core stays it's going to reform exactly and that is the same way when it comes to toxic a toxic work environment if you if the work is not getting done correctly no matter what you do that environment is going to reform the environment is going to reform it you know and, and, and like i said there are so many different things that come in that that make the work environment toxic back training uh people with no work ethic uh people who have uh certain privileges that others do not conflicts of interest um all kinds of things that come in there and you you really can't pinpoint um what's going to clean it the best okay well what's what is what needs to be cleaned first but what you can do is and this is what you ultimately will argue when you do see someone above the supervisor look the job is not being done right right Mm -hmm. the question is now as you keep going up the ladder is the person is a supervisor very similar person to the team leader is the manager above the supervisor similar to the person that's the supervisor as far as our attitude and work ethic and and uh um characters concerned you know you could ride this all the way to the top and have everybody's mindset be just like that uh that team leader mm-hmm. and that become a problem yep because you know what they're protecting the job yep. they don't have a job they don't have money they don't have money exactly. they can't live you're absolutely right you know but it has to be clean somehow some way so the, the the question is what is the right agent what agent is good what agent is best to uh, take care of this problem you know and you and, and the only the proper thing to do is to go up the ladder yeah. that way you have a chain that way you say you tried you just didn't get mad at the, the team leader and then leave and then try to file all these complaints right you know and unfortunately uh, I'm not in, in many cases not all of them but in many cases uh, you end up outside of the chain and having to use um, outside forces to get it to be looked at right you know how many whistleblowers had to leave their job to get the public to look at what's going on in there because yeah. in the end in the end that business wants to make money yeah. and if they don't make money then they can't continue to operate. And when there becomes a problem with both the consumer or of the product and the workers of the product, it has to be dealt with. And, you know, you don't want it ever to get to the public domain. Hopefully right. it can be fixed internally. But if it does, that may be the only agent that's going to cause change in there. You know, and that, But that's how a toxic situation works. Okay, toxicity has to be cleaned out. And many times there has to be an outside agent that does it. You know, I, I, um, each one is different from the next. Some may get their uh, act together before there's an issue, but you know, for the most part, with, for the most part, it <laughs> might it, it might be an outside agent. Like yeah. in my case, and how long? You know, the, uh, the second question: How long has this been going on? Shit, man, I've been here like, going on three years, bro. And ever since I'm, ever since I got transferred, ever since I transferred from uh, where I was originally at down here, man, mm-hmm. it's been going on ever since then. And it's just gotten right. worse and, and worse. And every person that he trains, they pick up the same energy. 
That's the and thing I, he's consistent it, about. <laughs> and that's the thing over here with the, with the uh, distribution center I was at. Yeah. It it could have been going on for a long time. I don't know. Right. Okay. And I could be the very first person who's made any effort to try and get it to change. I even though I'm not working there anymore. I could easily like I'm not working there anymore. I'm just focused on getting my pay and then moving on. Right. But I I mean when you look at it it's like okay what is the right thing to do here you know because most of us I'm not going to lie to you if I was still there I'd be working a lot harder to try to get this to to change up but most of us it's all about making sure that my job is done the way it's supposed to be and making sure I'm not doing anybody else's job without being paid properly exactly absolutely right you know and and, and it in the end you're navigating how you make sure that you don't lose your job while trying to get make things right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's the fear of a toxic work environment. Oh, Do you? Yeah. If you fear losing your job, you're not going to get things done. Simple as that. Yep. You're Simple as that. Right. You know. And then the, the the part B to this that is, is it even worth it? Is it even worth trying? As long as you try to keep your job, you think so. But then you look at it like, how is it affecting me? Am I still making my money? Yeah, sure. Really? The man's still lazy, but I'm still making my money. I mean, man, he making me damn sure making me a lot of money because all the work he don't do. Yeah, I pick so a lot of extra like, hours off. <laughs> right. So you're asking yourself, you know, is it worth it? Right. Because the bottom line is my check's bigger. Yeah. I'm telling you. Money is the driver. Money is the money is the driving force behind anything business related. Right. Okay. And if it is, your paycheck isn't hurt, you're going to question whether or not it's even worth fighting. Right. That's true. The minute you lose those hours, or the minute you lose that production pay, or the minute something happens and your check is shorter than it should be, or you don't have a check at all, oh yeah, you're gonna start causing problems. Yep. That is. That's that's true. That's sometimes you gotta look at the bigger picture. You're absolutely right. Right, you yeah. got to, you have to. Is it worth it? In the end, especially now that it is an employee's market, you're like, man. I mean, I'm used to this kind of work, but man, if I if I left, I could easily find another job too. Yeah, when it pays better, you know, the the employment, uh, the atmosphere may not be, may be better, may not be, but not for sure. But at least I'm leaving this one. Right. I give you a perfect example. I have a friend of mine who's been in the restaurant industry for like 10 years. Right. Man knows everything that there is about the restaurant industry. Um, he worked for this one uh, restaurant, small uh, steakhouse, and got as high as he could possibly be. Basically an overpaid waiter. Okay. Couldn't make any more than $6 an hour plus tips. Right. Now, here's the down, here was, here was the two downsides. Number one, the tips were split. Yeah, and he—I mean, he was. This guy's voted best weights person in the area several times in a row. I think he even got 2020, 2021 last year. Oh, wow, I believe. Uh, He—I mean—at the top of his game in terms of waiting on people, mm-hmm. in terms of serving people in the restaurant industry. Okay, and when he's one of those types, when people come to that particular steakhouse, they ask for him. You know, right. he's not not only that good, but he also has that that uh, that kind of vibe that makes you, you know, 
that party vibe, that makes you want to eat vibe, that makes you want to drink vibe. You know, he's very charismatic. Right. And um, they love him. They love him to death. Problem was, he wasn't going any higher than what he's what he was doing at this particular steakhouse. He was not going to go any higher. They gave him management uh, responsibilities, but wasn't paying him like a manager. And then when they did finally find a manager, they started taking the responsibilities away from him. What right. did he even tell him? Right. He used to be able to close. They told him to quit closing. He used to be able to check out the computer. He'd come in and it, the, the password was changed. He used to go into the office to put money up and he'd come in. The locks had been changed. All kinds of stuff. Right. And he's not. He's wondering what's going on. Right. You know, always, and they come up with all kinds of reasons to try to keep him. And he was, he was talking to me about it and I told him, I said, look, if this is as high as you can go, then why are you still here? Okay. Especially when there are other opportunities. The restaurant industry is just literally crying for good employees. You can go anywhere. Why are you still here? Right. So the biggest problem, it's been there for 10 years plus. Right. Got a schedule down, got a routine down, don't want to go outside of it. And that's the biggest issue when it comes to dealing with toxic environments, whether right. it's in business or whether it's in the, uh, on the personal level. We are all afraid of change. Yep. Very few of us afraid or not. Okay, and that was the situation with him. Right. Okay. Uh, and he had a very bad general manager. Right. She brought her problems home from home all the time. I, right. I felt sorry for him, you know, because she had she has a sickly husband. Uh, she recently lost her brother, but uh, you don't bring that to work. Right. You know, if you're sad, say you're sad, and that you need to take care of some things and go do something about it. Don't right. try. I learned a long time ago. Never try to analyze anything when you're overly emotional. It doesn't work. Yep. Okay. So uh, finally came to a head um, where I think he was wanting to work a particular Saturday, and she wouldn't let him come in. And then she said, "Okay, well, I'll, I'll see if the other employees want you to come in." Right. So she basically projected a decision she was supposed to make on the other employees and then basically bottom line denying him the uh the right to be there as not only the longest working employee but the best employee right if there was anything that if there was anything she should have done she should have given him first dip that you know most people work like that most yeah. jobs work like that i want my strongest employees there yeah so uh before yeah. all that happened, she had cut back his hours, um, and he didn't know what to do about that. And I just simply said, why don't you just match your energy? If you need work, go find work elsewhere. All right. So he found a part-time job in town, uh, which when she found out, she got mad at because it was another restaurant. Right. And, of course, the response is, uh, you shouldn't worry about what I do on my days off. Right. To which I told him, look. If she's too worried about what you're doing, this is not good if she's too worried about what you're doing on your days off when you're not at work. Right. Not good at all. Anyways, uh, some things happened. I don't know exactly all that was to it, but the bottom line is is that um, he was very tired of the way things were going there and finally began to see at least what I was trying to see from my point of view, outside looking in. Right. You have no... Uh, opportunities available to you now you basically taking advantage of any possible opportunities that are left right 
okay and eventually he he saw that and uh, resigned from that job and then end up moving to this job he was working for uh, part-time no sooner than he finally decided to go full-time there that they already decided to start training him to be uh one of the managers at that restaurant man look at that pay pay is going to raise i believe next week or the week after or something like that i can't exactly remember gets all the hours that he wants all the tips that he makes belong to him uh and he's like, I did not see this. How, how could I not see this? And I said, it's very simple. When you've been in a certain place for a, a length of time, you're, you get tunnel vision. Right. Yep. And that's all you can see. That's This is what you're used to. This is how things work. You've got a comfortable schedule. Uh, and when you see that it's possibly going to change, you fear that you're going to really lose out. Right. Especially any emotional connections that you have made. Which is the case. Most people, most people fear the emotional connections. Right. Uh, but I told him, I said, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that uh, I know what I'm doing here. I'm not I'm trying to look at him from the top down. I'm not trying to say that I'm better than him. I'm just saying from experience, man, I'm telling you, when it is not good for you to be there, it's just time for you to leave. You know, okay? and, and sometimes some other jobs may know your worth and will pay you that Exactly. Worth. Exactly. And that's what they were not doing to Sakehouse. They were not paying him. He's they were worth, not paying him right. what he's worth. Right. And they were not treating him for what he was worth. Mm-hmm. And to me, from the outside looking in, he was more like a, a novelty, if you will. Right. It was their way of, and, and, and Troy may like this. <laughs> if, he ever, if he hears this <laughs> podcast, he may like You know, you know he's he a black always like the study. He like he liked the static. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he likes the static. Okay, he's a, this guy was a black man. In a mostly white uh, work environment, right? Okay, and they loved him. Right, they loved him. Now I'm not saying all of them were, uh, you know, seeing him like he was a monkey behind a cage. No. Okay, right. but what I am saying is, is that there's a strong possibility that the leadership there had him there because he was considered uh, a part of the diverse workforce that we now have. Right, right. You know, some people do that. They bring in that token colored person uh, or token LGBT member or token uh, woman or somebody of a minority status in and say, okay, now we're diverse. Right. I felt like that. But that's yeah. beside the point. The thing is, is that you know, we've already established that you're not going to get away from toxic situations in a workplace. You're not. Right. Okay, the question is whether or not it can be reduced and how it can be reduced. Right. And as long as there's a toxic mentality within the leadership, there's going to be issues, the, the environment is going to be toxic. Right. And the level in which that person is leading is the level in which that toxicity is going to occur. That's team true. leader, his toxic, his toxic, his toxicity is limited to the team he leads. Mm-hmm. The supervisor, his toxicity is limited to the teams that he oversees. You're right. And it just goes higher and just goes and higher goes and just up. goes higher from there. And shit rolls okay. downhill. Yeah, yeah, and if it ain't, if the person is not, uh, if you get to the top and the person at the top is just like the person at the bottom, you, there's no winning. Yeah, you're in last place. You're in last Absolutely place. So at place. that point, yeah, you have to go, you have to have outside forces. Yeah. You either that or I, just got to leave. Right. Uh, 
uh, I, I, um, I use that story about my friend because I was the outside force. I was right. able to help him see what he needed to see. I just happened to be the one there. It could have been anybody. Right. I just happened to be the one there that helped him see what he needed to see in terms of what he's capable of, his value, and a bunch of other things. Right. But, um, and that might be the case. It may be the case if I choose, um, if I hear from the TWC about the distribution center. Right. Having outside workforce come, outside force come into there and say, look, this is not right. It needs to change. May cause some, some changes that need to happen. Right. You well, know, you just don't know. You just, in the end, you don't know until you try. So the right. question is whether, whether, I mean, when you answer, in answering the question, whether or not it's worth trying, you really won't know until you try. Right. I think. For sure. Know. Well, with that being said, folks, man, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, you guys can uh, look up Shamar on, you got any social media platforms? Uh, just my Facebook. Okay. Just my Facebook. I try, to, I try not to do too much social media. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, I understand how that is. You know, you can look him up on Facebook, Mr. Shamara. Uh, we also have uh, the March of Dimes. We're still promoting that until the end of March, I believe it is. So it'll be in the link of the description. Follow us on Twitch, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, at the Unpacking Podcast. You can also leave voicemails now on here uh, through the Anchor app. You know, we can listen to them and whatnot. Um, So if you guys got any voicemails you guys want to leave, you can do that. We can also... uh, reach out to you through reading comments on Twitter, reading comments through Instagram, YouTube. It doesn't matter. If you got topics you guys want us to talk about, put your comments in there. And we'll, we'll reach out and, you know, try to talk about it and everything. Is there anything else you want to be, uh, anything else you want to say before we end this? Oh, nothing much else other than you guys out there. Be careful. And I appreciate you having me there. Yes, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. If you guys like everything that we got going on and what we said, we appreciate it. If you guys didn't like any of that, we appreciate it anyway, man. Today is the unpack. Today we've unpacked on the unpacking podcast. I, I completely screwed that up, but uh, <laughs> well, I'll do it better next week. All right, thanks. All right. <laughs>